This is the Becoming Truth podcast with Conscious Channel Jean Christian, words of inspirational guidance for an awakening humanity. This episode is entitled Death of the Ego, Transitions in Identity. This strange, alarming title refers to death as a transition or transformation in our inner identity. How we name this self or relate to our sense of self. So let us continue. Ego is a word that is thrown around loosely. A bright red ball being thrown around sometimes thought of in great negative terms, has many definitions. So let's have this be our starting point, seeing as we use the word ego. What is the definition from this source of ego that we can carry with us through the rest of what we hear today? The ego as understood here through this stream of knowing is the self-nature that has been built around this lifetime. It has been built around this mind, this present self-mind that is navigating this life, this world. It is the center point of the navigator that says, I am this named person. I have this relationship to these people, to this culture, to this job, this work, the skills that I have gained, I name myself by. This is what I am. I am a carpenter. I am a mother. I am a woman. I am a Christian. I am a Muslim. I believe this and I believe that. I choose to do this according to my belief or that. This is the ego. This shaped self-state that is the navigator of this life in this present time. I feel this. This is my emotion around this subject. I hate this. I love this. I believe in this. I don't know what I believe. I am depressed. I don't care about living. I hate myself. All the words of the ego. All the words that come from this self of present day time. This is what is meant by ego. There's like circulating around a point of being that we will also call the navigator the builder, the one that is building an identity and a self in this world from the day of birth till the day of death. The ego is an unquestioned, shared sense of being. Everyone has this. Everyone is named somehow. They either have glory and skill and fame and expertise where they have very little to name another person 
according to what you see them being, or to name yourself according to what you see yourself being, is to name the ego. I am a street person. I am an actress. What one does in the name of ego is staggering. The reality that one builds around the center point of ego is staggering. We were just in Mexico seeing the great mansions being built on the hilltops. These great complexes, towers and pillars and learning that this is where the famous people came to have their holiday. They were owned by well-known actresses, well-known famous people in this world. It's like looking at the epitome of egoic grandeur, the epitome of, of the egoic dream to be that grand, that able to house one's life in such beauty and such glory. And then to see the slums of all the workers, all the Mexican workers, perhaps they don't call them slums, the homes. To our eyes in comparison, they look like shanties. They look like broken down villages. What does our physical world do to our creating of self, our identity of self? What does our very physical home do, the building we live in, the front we place outwards to the street, to the world. What does our front yard look like in the name of this egoic self, the face of the self facing the world? The ego, according to the definition from this stream of being, is a very vital component of evolution. It is a vital tool of being. We need the navigator and the shaper and the builder. We've come into this lifetime for this, to build, to grow, to learn. We've come into this lifetime to build the identity of I amness, of truth and deepening awareness of what that is. Who are we? What is this conscious being breathing here? What is this being breathing here? How do we name this being that is breathing here? The theme of perhaps all this work, the theme of so much of the work in consciousness development, is to question this naming, to examine this identity and the identity that we have settled on that says, I am this and that is that. I am this human being, alive now, 
for this duration of time. This is what I'm doing with my life. This is how I've named myself in this life. And there is nothing else but this. When I'm gone, I'm gone. How many times have you heard, we only have one life, so let's live it to the full. Those are the words of the ego. We only have this now, so let's fill it up with as much of that which we believe and love and want as possible. Let us not look to what we believe and want and do and how it carries forward after we're gone. How do these mansions on the hilltops in the desert age? What will they be like in 100, 200 years? How will they break down? What will they do? What message will they give? And what debris will they leave? How does anything that we do carry forward? The liver of one life only doesn't really think of that because they're not going to be around to care or know. The debris that one person may leave behind or the legacy that they leave behind. They won't be there to be responsible or be part of it. That is the belief of the temporary-minded, egoic nature that looks to each day as this is all there is, this is it, what will I do with this day? The egoic self, the egoic-centered self, is in a very small space of reality, day at a time, life at a time, this life only, this day only, really, in a way, this moment only. A very small space of knowing and being. And identifies itself in a very limited way. The drama that can come from this limited way is that it's all or nothing. Devastation is complete. Heartbreak is complete. Doesn't it sound as though we're speaking of a child or a young teenager? On their first heartbreak, their first great disappointment or loss, this is it. I'm condemned forever. I have lost my chance. This very small space and this limited awareness of being can very easily slide down into depression and sadness and defeat. That this is all there is and there's not much worth living for. I've been hurt, destroyed, bruised by the world around me. And there's no way out. This is it. I'll let go of trying and I'll let go of believing in who I am and what this is all about.
there is a genetic sadness, a deeply miasmic sadness in the human being. Feeling this finality, feeling the frailty, feeling the confines of this egoic identity. It cannot see beyond its box, its housing, its conditions. And speaking of conditions, these are shared energetic conditions, like an overlay of belief that surrounds like a web and penetrates all minds. Cultural webs of belief. Community webs of belief. Reality being built by every point of humanity within the web. We're all feeding into it. This is the way it is. This is the common reality. This is what we are in this world. Cultural webs of belief. This is what our theology is. This is what our traditions are. This is what we believe. And if you don't believe this, if you don't identify with this fully, then you are out. You are cast out. Look at the Orthodox Christian web of belief. We understand the supremacy of our way, our religious path, and everyone else is lost. Everyone else is requiring saving. If they would only turn to us, we would save them. This shared belief that you find deeply embedded in religious groups, religious traditions, and cultures are the strongest webs of reality building. But you see it everywhere. And you look to your own families, and your own communities, your own friendships, to see how much of your inner self-reality is being defined and built there in an unquestioned, accepted way. You are being told who you are all the time, and you are being told what to believe all the time by everyone around you, subtly or not subtly. Your egoic self is being held up and fed and believed in all the time. It isn't fixed. It is very movable, very liquid, very fluid, this inner point of sense of self. We entitled this episode, Death of the Ego, Transitions in Identity. What we are saying is that this very point of identity, egoic self, literally needs to retreat, to dissolve, to expand, to open to learning, to learn how to identify beyond the given, the norm, the deeply impregnated web. Why? To question, to 
set forth the very possibility that this truthful identity of being, this spiritual identity of being that we are is eternal, is a state of consciousness far beyond what we now believe. That this spiritualized identity, this freed identity that goes beyond the temporary construction of egoic self has capacities for awareness that are brilliant, astounding, phenomenal. The very senses built into this this vehicle of the brain, this incredible vehicle of our humanness, our nervous system, and our brain, is meant to host a much greater awareness, much greater identity of being. We're only partway through this journey, and only partway up this beautiful mountain into the light. Transitions in identity is to allow what you think of who you are, how you name yourself, how you confine yourself, where you rest and say, I cannot move from here, to question that, to say, is this so? Is this really it? Is this my stopping place? Am I stopping my place, stopping myself from knowing truly who the breather is here, who the knower is here? How am I naming myself and how is it limiting me? What am I telling myself in my belief systems? And is that truly the final truth? Is there a greater freedom possible in how I view my own being and how I view what we are all doing here, what we're shaping and making? What am I believing about this world, what's happening in this world, and what humanity is creating in this world? What am I believing in the group belief that's being said of where this world is going, where this environment is going, where these politics are going. Am I believing what I hear? Should I? This is a vast subject, truly. What is the egoic mind? What is the egoic identity? And where does it sit? in the suggestion that there is a much greater identity, a soul identity, an identity of light, identity of divine proportions. The suggestion is that our truest identity is not confined to a life, to what we do, to what others define us as being and doing. It is not confined to what we believe in ourselves, 
or how we feel about ourselves today. This divine identity, identity of light, eternal identity, how many words can you find for what we're pointing at? The actual essence of being, the continuum of self, the arching, overriding identity of being that is descending over and over into a lifetime and having a construction called the egoic present self shaping around it as a navigator and as a tool to build and learn and be. Yet, how many times is one getting trapped in that construction completely amnesic and forgetting the source of being, the greater presence of self, the true self. I must pause here and point at the difficulty in putting into our words, our English words, the pictures of truth that flow here. To die egoically is a powerful letting go of the continual patterned beliefs. This is all I am. This is where I'll stay. All the beliefs that fix you and keep you glued into ruts of believing and acting and describing your reality over and over until the groove runs very, very deep. To die egoically is to step into a freedom of truly realizing who you are in that greater ongoing way. To access the continuum of being that you are and the all the gifts of that, all you've gained in all your lives, all you store in your soul of knowing and being. It is to free yourself from the small thought, the confined box, the very linear reality that traps you and that can feel hopeless as though it's going nowhere. This is all there is. And it can free you of the dramas that come from reacting to that. Whenever someone throws up their hands in great despair and says everything's lost and destroyed, everything is useless, everything is hopeless. When anyone says to you, the world's going down, look it, I've got the proof, I've heard it all in the news, I've listened to the scientists, it's going down, we're ruining our world. Whenever we hear a presidential error, whenever we witness the leadership in a country that is deeply wronging, 
and we feel that the world's going down, that humanity's a failure, that all is lost. We're in the small box of being defined only by this day or this year. We are not accessing the magnitude of greater being within us and all we know, all we've already witnessed, all we've already learned. We are identifying ourselves short of the mark. We're stopping partway up the mountain saying, this is it, let's set up our mansion here. This is where we are, this is where we live. There's no further to go. The death of the ego is a truly spiritual choice of how we relate to ourselves. And it needn't sound so dramatic. It is simply keeping the openness, the door open to what more, what next. In this hopeful, kind, awe-filled way, this optimistic way of viewing existence, and this optimistic way of believing in what's evolving here. That there is so much more within you to evolve and to grow, and not to close the door on that. Or there is so much more to evolve and grow in this life all around us. So let's not stop at a belief that is defeating. Let's not stop at a belief that feels sad. Let's keep the door open to that belief in the wonder of it all, in the magnitude of it all. You could say that the leading edge physicists are at that door. They are looking at, continually looking at how it can be redefined, this life this molecular life, this atomic life, this existence of energy and science. They're at that door. They cannot even be where they are if they keep the door closed. A meditator is at the door. There's no point in even sitting in meditation if you keep the door closed. A meditator is sitting at a door of expanding light. And to meditate is to allow the light of dissolving into your egoic being. This beautiful, gentle stream of dissolving light, dissolving the mind's patterns, the egoic trap, and ushering one gently into an experience of peace, spaciousness, and presence that can be named or not. This greater place of being is also a greater experience of being. It's not a mind construct anymore. 
It's an experiential state. As one experiences their true, freed nature and have been able to step through the door beyond the mind's constructs or the ego's constructs, it is an experience of magnitude and an experience of love and unity. One does not feel separated anymore. And this ties back to our former episode on unitive mind. Unitive mind cannot be attained until one has freed the identity from the egoic box. They know how to use the egoic state as a navigator, as a builder, as a friend. They're not confined to it. They don't see the world as defined by egoic mind. They see the world as defined by spirit, unitive, expansive mind, the continuum of being. It is an, a transition in identity that is definite. It is relocating one's point of true navigating, true beingness, true belief. It is learning to believe in the whole picture as a living, deathless organism of evolution. This whole picture of humanity and this whole picture of universal creation as a dynamic, ongoing evolution of being, inherent with purpose, the purpose for more and more refined consciousness, more and more liberated consciousness. And all that that means in the host body, in this physical form, in this brain, all that it means to be a living being from this much greater state of beingness and awareness. In this unitive mind state, there is no room for unfounded fears, for hatreds, for despairs and depressions. There's no place for it. Because that is all the conditions that come from egoic entrapment. It all comes from that smaller place of identifying. So when one has opened the door and stepped out into the great delta of possibility, of opening to true being, one is actualizing what liberation means, awakening, and all these words. It means stepping into the true being, the true identity. Finally, the word death really just means that. All the time. 
for everything that is dying is just in transition. And the, the gift of transition is for liberation. 